And welcome to a special midweek My EdTech Life episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I know usually it's a Saturday morning. You guys are getting your cup of coffee. You guys are getting your breakfast. But now maybe you're having some dinner. Maybe still having that evening chocolate if the weather is nice and crisp. But thank you so much for joining us today. And we have an amazing show, as of course we always do with some amazing guests. So today, today's topic, actually, what we're going to be talking about is makerspaces. So how many of you out there might have a makerspace or, you know, have worked in a makerspace or are in charge of a makerspace? And maybe you're like, what do I do now? How, how do I transition from in-person? How do I transition to virtual? Well, guess what? Tonight is the night. You chose a great night to come and check us out because today we've got two experts, all right, that are going to be walking us through how to manage makerspaces. And we've got the wonderful and talented Carrie Orts, hashtag Carrie, not Carl. And that's a, <laughs> that's a little story we'll get into, that, into a little later. And of course, we also have the wonderful, talented, musical Miss Lee Ann Harkins, also who are joining us from Marble Falls ISD. Ladies, welcome. Thank you so much for being here tonight on My EdTech Live. Carrie, let's go ahead and start with you. Go ahead and tell our little audience members just a little bit more about you and your background in education. All right. So I am the crazy teacher that has taught every grade, second through eighth grade. And I normally switched grade levels every two years. So I got really good at packing and moving my room. <laughs> um, Besides being a teacher, I was also an instructional technologist, and then I was a full-time consultant, and I traveled all over the U.S. sharing my love of Google Classroom, and now I am back at Marble Falls ISD, and I have the best position ever. I am the GT coordinator at our campus, and I also run our makerspace. Nice. Well, thank you. And Carrie, just uh, so you know, just a little bit of background between Carrie and I. Carrie, I met her about three years ago, maybe a little bit of four years ago, TCA, just phenomenal presenter, just all around, just tech guru, very knowledgeable. And so I've had a, the opportunity to work alongside her and collaborating. And she definitely is just amazing, amazing at anything that she does as far as tech is concerned. And now we have, like I mentioned before, the extremely talented musical DJ, all right, administrator, Mrs. Leanne Harkins. Go ahead and uh, I think I might have already just spoiled everything. In <laughs> so I think it was spoiler alert. So I've been in education about 24 years and I too, uh, I was classroom and then moved to the GT coordinator for Marble Falls ISD. Matter of fact, I think Carrie's moved into the campus that I was on. Um, so did a lot of project-based learning and makerspace there and then moved into instructional coach and then I moved into administration. So loving it. Um, lots of different areas. Uh, love the diversity. And I tend to change up about every five years, too. So I think change is good. Change is growth. 
Yeah, there you go. Sometimes uh, it's that change will definitely uh, help push uh, you and, you know, find out like, hey, look at this, look at what happened out of, you know, out of this situation. And speaking of situations, all right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what happened, all right, from March 13th on, as far as we know, a lot of school closures, a lot of changes in education and the educational landscape and the way uh, instruction is being delivered. And so that affects really every aspect of daily operations. And um, Leanne, you as an administrator, um, you've seen this. Carrie in the educational and the teacher sense, you've seen this. And But today what we're gonna be focusing on is makerspaces. So just kind of tell us a little bit of, of how you have been able to adjust, you know, from the beginning of the year till now during pandemic just the way that you have been using up or using or making use of your makerspaces. So I'm not going to lie. I was terrified that my makerspace was going to be shut down the entire year. Um, I walked in that first week of school and I looked at my principal and I said, I don't know how to do it. And she's, she's so great. And I think Leanne will probably add on to this conversation but she's like, Carrie, do your research, make it work. I know that you can do it. And she says, most importantly, our kids need it. And so I was like, okay. So of course I got on Twitter and I looked up some of my favorite people on Twitter and I started sending out tweets and I figured out a way to make it work. So, um, one of, you know, obviously, you know, there's obstacles that I had to deal with. First of all, kids touch everything. And of course that's the makerspace. It's hands on. And so at first I got a little bit scared and I was just like, okay, so I'm just going to buy some 3D printers and kids will have their own device and we're just going to shoot stuff to the 3D printers and that will keep us all safe from touching. Well, obviously that wasn't realistic because the kids want to make and everybody wants to make at the same time. So that was the first obstacle I had to jump through. Second one was we still have remote kids and we have in-person kids. So how am I supposed to keep everybody on the same playing field, doing the same things and still like actively, actively engaged? Because I really wanted that engagement from in-person and remote. I still wanted them talking and communicating because we have to have that aspect. And then the second, the third thing was what if a kid is in person and then has to switch to remote? I didn't want their projects to just like die and then like not be able to do them. So, um, I figured out that Google Classroom was my number one component that I needed to use because that was a way for everybody to be connected, to be able to see each other's products, communicate, and be on the same level playing. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So, um, so what I did is I first I set up I, – I decided instead of doing, like, individual product um, projects for each grade level, I went ahead and did a campus-wide project. So the first thing we did was we created a campus-wide zoo. So everybody was on the same, doing the same thing, so that everybody could talk in the hallways about it and so forth. And then what I did was I made a template on Google Classroom. And the template had tons of videos of me that I, that I recorded on Screencastify so that an in-person kid could watch them and then a remote kid could watch them. And um, it's, you know, it's so funny because, you know, we use Screencastify all the time, but the parents would like message me and be like, thank goodness you had the video <laughs> because now I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, no problem. And so um, you really start to realize that those little silly things that you think aren't that important, they really are important. 
Um, I also, inside of my Google Classroom, I made sure that I had really strict size requirements for any project that we did because I would get these emails from parents and be like, how big of a zoo do you want me to make? And I'm like, guys, it's, it's four inches. We're good. And so, or they would say, I don't have these supplies at home. I'm like, you don't have to go buy anything. Like, just use what you have. So that was another thing. And then um, the next thing that I really focused on was taking pictures. And so we all know, like with Chromebooks and iPads, it's really easy to take pictures. And so um, whenever they started their projects, you know, we would work on them and then they would take progress pictures and progress pictures are really important to me for several reasons. Number one, it showed, Hey, we're working, we're making progress and we didn't finish the first time and that's okay. Second, if a kiddo had to automatically had to suddenly switch to in-home learning, they had a picture of what they were working on and they had a reference point. And then third, the kids that were at home, I could see what they were doing. And they were so proud. I have some of the, the, the greatest pictures of kids like smiling and excited with those pictures. So it's just a really simple thing. We all know how to do a hyperdoc on Google Slides and have them insert things and have them do different tasks. But it really brought to life something that I normally wouldn't get to see and like the progress and all that good stuff that those those at home kids didn't really have. Oh, and that's awesome. Like right now I'm just smiling just because of mainly all the components that you use, you know, I mean, you, leveraging what you have within your district, what is available. I mean, that's something that's very important. Keeping it simple, you know, saying, okay, this is what we're going to be using Google Classroom. We're going to use Screencastify, Google Slides, but also still the, the opportunity of that engagement, whether you're in person or at home, and then you just being very knowledgeable, creating those videos and sending those home. And of course, parents at home may be struggling because they, they may not know or are familiar at all with the platforms more. So they're a little bit more familiar now since we're using, but I think that that's great. Just seeing the, the, the progress. And that's one thing that really sticks out to me that the students are able to see their progress. You're able to, they're able to create pretty much a learning artifact and they're creating a portfolio and it just continues building. And I think that's something that is a valuable skill that they're learning through this time that is definitely going to benefit them in the future. So that kudos to you, Carrie, for, for doing that, because that's really awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that your kiddos are definitely engaged and, uh, you know, taking into this and, or buying into this and with the parent back with the parent support as well. So that's always very important. How about Le Leanne? What what was your take at first? You know, uh, you know, in helping Carrie out or seeing what Carrie was doing. You know, how as an administrator, you know, obviously you always want to make sure that you have the students uh, in mind, making sure that they're engaged. What were some of uh, maybe your obstacles or maybe your your train of thought as far as how to get this program or the makerspace going on successfully? So the structure that Carrie set up is crucial, not just for her students, but um, Carrie's been a mentor teacher to, so we have a new GT coordinator over at our campus and she's been a mentor to our GT coordinator. And so when you set up that type of structure, um, I just don't think people really understand how important that is. Like right in our content area, we follow a YAG, we follow that pacing chart. Basically she was making that organic for her students. And then not only for her students, she's also being such a great model teacher um, to her peers who were trying to learn and like, same thing. They were like, um, how are we supposed to do this? Like getting started at the, 
the beginning of the school year with all the COVID protocol. So structure's super key. And so as an administrator that, I mean, like we just, we trust um, our teachers that they're doing that. And that happened right away, which makes the rest of the process organic. So. That's great. And that's what it's about. Like you said, uh, organic. Um, oftentimes, you know, maybe administrators or even teachers try and force an issue, try and just make things work. But I think the way that you work together very well, you know, Carrie sought out some help, got in contact, connected with others and seen, hey, how are you doing? Uh, you're setting up your maker spaces. And then with her knowledge base and technology, finding the correct platforms. And then, like you said, now mentoring, she's a mentoring teacher. And now you come along and you start seeing this just continue to grow and evolve and in a very organic way. And I think that that's something great. And I think that that you can actually say that that's something that can be seen as some successful in a sense, at least in my eyes, when something just great turns out in a very organic fashion. I mean, what, what, can, what more can you ask for as an educator and as an administrator as well? So that's awesome. So um, now tell us a little bit. I know... Um, Carrie, you were telling us as far as your students, you know, at home working, you know, documenting. And then, of course, you've got the students that are on site. Let me ask you this. How were you able to manage uh, or at least just to get a little feel for maybe some of our audience members that uh, may be listening that will be facing maybe right now they're closed. But then now later on, as they start opening up schools, they may have students on site, students at home. How have you been able to manage that? So, um, like I said, I've used Google Classroom. And so what I do is, you know, I post things in the stream and I'm at a very small campus. So I'm able to have all of my grade levels in one Google Classroom. And so I'll post something on the stream and say, you know, did you struggle with this aspect, with any aspect of, you know, the bill? And then they'll comment below that. So it provides that quick interaction. And we all know kids think the stream is like, they're on Facebook. So, you know, they love it. Um, and then um, as far as like, you know, as different groups, I'll have them um, share their um, their products with each other digitally. And then they'll add comments back and forth as well. Oh, that's wonderful. So right there, you're including some digital citizenship as well. So you're yeah. touching on multiple components, not just the makerspace aspect of the hands-on, the the building, the, you know, the, the ideation. But I mean, now you're touching on something that's very important, especially now is that digital citizenship component of, of being able to know how to comment properly and how to use uh, technology in a way that is acceptable and is something that is going to build community. So that's something that's great there. I love that. Well, I mean, cross-curricular, I mean, as from the administrative standpoint, just the way that it touches on so many different teaks and the differentiation. And so it just, it touches on all of that. And it's an, it's a joy to see students engaged in that with, with all content. And then you add digital citizenship. I mean, it's, it's really phenomenal. Awesome. And I also, um, I, I had the entire school do the same project. So let me just give you a quick rundown. So we created a zoo and each grade level researched a different animal type. So like kindred birds, um, 
second did reptiles and then amphibians and then fifth grade i let them do hybrid animals so we got like some tigers some lot me some ligers and the craziest <laughs> animals you ever ever you know encounter but the reason i did it because the kids at home you know you've got a brother and sister working you've got a kindergartner and a third grader i felt like it was really important for them to have that time to work on something together and build together and we all know what happens when you know siblings build things together <laughs> so i thought it was really important for them to have that time to just know like hey we're doing schoolwork together it's actually fun and we're all moving towards the same finished you know end goal here um and it, it was cool to see like we had a couple of, had a couple of dads that like took videos of the kids working together and they were just like i'm so glad they have this opportunity to do makerspace at home because they're not fighting they're not staring at their screens they are referencing their screens for research purposes but otherwise they're working together and it's a great outlet for them and so it just i mean it it really i didn't expect it to work so well but it just really turned into like a really good thing and then in person the first day that I did it, I was so nervous because I, you know, I was like, hey, this is our sanitized bucket. Everybody has to work this many feet apart. One person gets to go touch all the supplies. Don't touch the supply unless you really, really want it. You know, after we did all of the safety procedures, you just saw the kids just like light up and like they they just turned into different kids that day. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but like they were like, OK, we're using our computers as research so I can look at these animals and learn the different aspects. But like. I'm problem solving. My hands are actually creating something. If I mess up, I don't hit the delete button. I redo what I'm doing. So I didn't really realize how much they needed the makerspace until that first day. Mm -hmm. And like, I immediately went to my principal and I was like, you're so right. We have to keep this going. No matter how many different protocols I have to put into place, no matter if it's extra work for me, we have to have this. So, um, we do makerspace every Friday. Um, it's a specials rotation, so every single student in our school gets to do it, which I think is really, really important. And um, like I said, it was just eye-opening to me to watch them interact and build things. And, like, they would just look at me and, like, they're like, you are my favorite teacher ever. And I'd be like, I know, but keep working. <laughs> but, of course, like, you know, you start to build relationships with those kiddos that you don't normally see. And then they make a point to see you every day and say, I cannot wait for the makerspace. Yeah. And I think maybe that's that's a draw for them to actually come to school because we know how difficult it is to get up every day and go to our campuses. And so um, I've had kids that I normally don't ever interact with or talk to, and they're finding me in the hallway and they're like, Miss Lords, I will see you Friday. And I'm like, Yes, you will. <laughs> so. so we have a question here from one of our audience members, Mel, who's joining us all the way from Colombia. And so her question is, how were the kids with all the procedures actually, you know, maybe, you know, what were some of the first maybe bumps or, you know, obstacles that you might have run into? Uh, because she says that it couldn't have been that easy to set up. So, no, uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that as far as procedures and procedures in place. And again, this is this serves as for our audience members that will eventually soon might start getting some of those students kind of trickling in what have been your best practices that you can share with us so we already have our kids set up in pods in their classrooms so those were the same pods that we set up so they automatically had their partner groups um set up um the first part of our zoo was an individual portion just so we could kind of get used to the makerspace rules and get and then the second part we did partners so we kept everything in pods first um 
we started bringing our own scissors and markers and all that good stuff at the beginning. And once we kind of got more into the routine, we established a sanitized bucket. So you picked your markers up when you first came in the makerspace and at the end of makerspace, you put them in the sanitized bucket. Um, we really talked a lot about think before you grab. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's something that I, I started, you know, before the quarantine anyways, because, you know, you just have kids like hoarding all these supplies and I'm like, I'm going to use these. And they're like, no, I just wanted it. So so-and-so can have it. Um, so you know how kids are. And so, um, I really talked to them a lot about like, Hey, okay, so what are you going to use that for? And they're like, well, everyone else is grabbing model magic. I want it. And I said, no, like, what are you going to use it for? Purpose. purpose, yes. purpose. And then I also had on one of their Google slides, they had to make a material list before they went and grabbed anything. Carrie, I want to talk about, I think that's key because she's, really not bragging on herself about how explicit her instruction is. So what she's talking about by um, it's a lot of work that is pre before the kids get there. So like they have that in their Google classroom. So they have their materials list they have, and she approves a lot of things. So that's a big part of the structure is um, getting them to submit things and then she approves it and then they know. So, okay, this is, my go-to, this is my list. I know my permission. I know my expectations. Expectations is very key, right, to classroom management. And so it's very key also to the makerspace. And it's not like they have to only use those materials, but like that's their starting point. Like, okay, my first three materials are going to be these. And like we even do like these dorky little tours around the makerspace. I'm like, okay, let's look at all our materials. Look up and down. What do you think this fabric could be used for? And, you know, and they're all like, oh, you're so nerdy. But then like they're like, oh, yeah, remember we walked by that one cardboard that she said would be good for this. And then they go and grab it. Um, so it, that and then it's just reinforcing like, hey, guys, you know think before you act. And, and you know, that, that whole go, that goes with our whole mindset at the school anyways, is, you know, thinking and being caring and all that good stuff. Um, but it, it was tricky. Like the first month I was like, what did I get myself into? This is crazy. <laughs> but once again, when I saw those kids working and I saw the products and I saw their not smiles, but you know, smile with their eyes. Um, I knew that we had to keep doing it and we had to keep pushing through and just reminders about, you know, here's our sanitized bucket. As soon as we get done, we wash our hands. So we're doing a lot of things. And I kind of compare it to like PE class. They're sharing different materials, balls and all that good stuff. So we're doing the same san sanitation as the PE class would do. Yes. There you go. So I want to talk back uh, or take it back a little bit to where you're saying, just seeing the the, the reaction of the students, just the, those smiles are just being very happy. I mean, Right now, every student is in front of a screen. I mean, they're there for hours, uh, depending on the way they're scheduled. And they're just there. What I see is it's consumption, yes. a lot of consumption. They're consuming, they're consuming, they're consuming. But I think, like you said, what, one thing that you mentioned was the word outlet. And this has served your students as that outlet for creativity. So uh, Leanne, let me uh, go to you with this as an administrator. Uh, how, when you see this, you know, how do you, you know, maybe propose a 
kind of like a balance. And, and I mean, I'm just not talking just about the makerspace, but overall as an administrator through your lens, uh, what are some of the things that you see or maybe suggestions that you may have for, for other administrators that may be watching as to how to find a balance between just being the consumer and then, or having some students also be creators as well? Um, yeah, balance. <laughs> That's the word, balance. <laughs> because I, I just think when this offer started, you know, with the COVID protocol, um, everybody's like, ah, oh, right, this is a new territory. We've not done this before. And, you know, we are, are in a profession where we want to get it right and we want to do it right. And so if you've not um, gone in this endeavor of a pandemic before, you're constantly going through, I mean, like, should this be allowed? Should this not be allowed? Are we doing this wrong? Are we doing this right? Are we being thorough enough? Or it's very, um, it's, it's just hard on, on the mindset. And so balance what you, that is the key word balance, because we have children who are counting on us. Um, they're coming to us in this, this time and they want to be children and they want to create and we need to keep that in mind. And so I think we just need to balance our protocol and, and make sure that we're, we're being safe. Um, and oh, looks like I'm having a little tech, but anyways, I, they can still hear me, yes. but um, <laughs> we, we, we just need to make sure that we're following our protocol and being safe, but we're not losing the perspective that children All right, so I'm not sure we kind of lost some audio connection there. So we will be rejoined with uh, Carrie and Leanne in just a second. I do apologize for that. So we're still live. If anybody's watching, just give us a little. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Okay, that was scary for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're good now. Okay. Um. Okay, where are we at? There yeah. we go. No, we just say the word balance. Balance being that important word there. So sorry, Leanne. That's where we kind of got cut off a little bit. It's just super important for us to keep that in mind because you can go over the edge on either way and just not being you know, being careless. We don't want to be careless, but then you can also go overboard and you're just disrupting the learning process. And I, I do believe that there is a balance and it can be done. Um, and I'm very proud of the work that's going on in Marble Falls ISD, keeping that balance intact for keeping students safe. And I could say that because the doors have been open since August. And um, if you look at our contact tracing, it shows it's, it's not happening at school. If it happens, there we're contacting COVID outside of school. Um, the school is doing a great job following protocol and keeping learning happening. And I'm super proud of that work that we're doing here. Awesome. Well, that's great. And like I said, it's it's a team effort. And that's something that's wonderful that we get to hear your story of just the, this balance and, of course, exploring new territory, exploring this new landscape and the way that you guys are making it work. And I know that, you know, Makerspace hands-on is something that's very important. Like you mentioned before, I mean, the students, they need to socialize when they're at school. It's, you know, they're moving around, they're, they're learning, they're, you know, just... You, it's just socialization. Like you said, it, they want to go to school, be a kid, they learn, they get engaged. And then now just being uh, moving on virtually, I know that that, uh, that shift uh, has been very difficult for many of them. And of course, for many parents 
as well, but the ability that I see here that, that you've taken something that many people may just see like, well, there's nothing we can do with a makerspace now because everybody's remote. But the fact that you're thinking outside the box, and like Leanne mentioned prior to this, sometimes you know you you're put in a situation where you kind of have to start thinking outside the box and see, okay, what are we going to do here? And you know what what Carrie's talked about and setting this up, and uh, you, Leanne, also as well. At what you've seen has just been something that is amazing, and I know that our audience members that are watching will definitely or listening also right now or catch the podcast later will definitely benefit from this on how to make their makerspace work. So that is something that is great there. So I know, let's go back to a little bit more on the, the makerspace uh, aspect of it, Carrie. Like I know you mentioned uh, structure, very important, like you said, the procedures and even that whole month as you walk the students through saying, okay, this is what you can use this for, this is what you can use this for. Uh, I know you mentioned too, a lot of the instructional videos the explanation, uh, leaving comments and feedback. Now, how did you balance that out as far as, uh, you know, like you said, they, Google Classroom offers the stream. So is it pretty much like, hey, you know, post anything you'd like, or did you also kind of structure that as well? Was there kind of like, okay, these are, this is, these are Ms. Ort's rules for posting because we know how the stream can get. And so how do you control that? What were some of the, the things that you put in place for the students. So if you've ever attended my Google Classroom training, you know that the stream is my soapbox. And so um, I basically told people that I have trained on your stream, you never ever make it where the, te the students cannot comment or post ever, ever. But your ideal situation is where the teacher can start a post and the kids comment below. So that's how I keep my structure. And so I'll ask the comment the question and then they comment below me. I don't have my stream set up where they can just randomly start posts because we all know what happens. Um, and so that way, it, you know, they know that, hey, Ms. Orsa started this. She wants us to stay focused on this. And then they answer below me. Now, do they still write squirrely things? Of course. But, um, you know, we always we just talk about digital citizenship and we talk about like, you know, is this beneficial to the makerspace or is this just being silly? And so, um, you know, it's going to happen, but you have that discussion often and you model that and then you talk about it again. So um, that's how I keep the stream. All of the projects that we work on are assignments. And of course, I have all of our topics set up um, right before Thanksgiving. We actually did something fun and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but so what I have done with all the makerspace projects, I've, I've separated them into like four part projects. That way, if the at home kids are going faster than the in person kids, I can go ahead and dump them and send them the next part. Or if I happen because of holidays or something gets messed up, if I have to um, progress one group further than the other, then everything's prepped and ready to go. Um, all of my project projects connect in some way because I want them to know we started with this, we connected this, this, and this, and then we have this full connection all the way through. Um, I do always have all of my projects include some type of drawing. So they're doing some kind of hands-on drawing and they're taking pictures to document it. Um, our, our little ones, our kinder and first graders have Seesaw. So what I do is I take that Google slide template that I've, our HyperDoc that I've already made, I download it as a PDF, and then I dump that into Seesaw 
And that way, when the when they're my little ones are like drawing like their their designs or whatever, they can literally just use their finger. But they're getting the same exact format as my big kids because I want them exposed to Google Slides. I want them exposed to the same format, and that also helps our moms at home that are like, "Oh wait, kindergarten looks a little different mm -hmm. than than third grade." Nope, I made it. I made it safe for them. It looks all the same. Um, and then, like I said before, I have tons of videos giving them instructions. I have a ton of hyperlinks. So obviously um, research is tricky for our little ones. And so I say, okay, your group is the birds. Here's two links for you to look at. And then I'll find like age appropriate websites that have, you know, big text, not a lot of extra junk on the page for them to read. Um, and then um, what else? And like I said before, you know, we're taking progress pictures and so forth. And then at the end, which I think is really important. I really love the whole campus to come together. And so what we did once we finished our four part zoo, we took the entire thing and put it inside of our school library. And then every kid in the school was able to walk through and see everyone else's product. That's like my, my big, big thing. Like I don't want our projects to die in the makerspace. I want them to keep going and I want everyone to see it. Even like the custodian that's cleaning up our total disaster makerspace. I want her to be able to see like, hey, this is what we did in there. Um, and then what I didn't realize was that the parents, parents don't get to come to school anymore and they don't get to see all the cool things we're doing. Yes. And so I had a parent message me on CSON. She's like, Carrie, can you please take a video of the library and show us everything? And like, it didn't even dawn on me that that was important to the parents. But like they're missing that aspect too. Yes. Like they don't get to come to lunch. They don't get to come help in the classrooms. And so I made a, um, made a big deal about like filming in the library, all of our projects and talking about them. And then um, we put it on our school Facebook page and then I put it in Seesaw for all the parents and I put it in Google Classroom for all the parents. Um, that was just something I didn't think of, but like parents are missing out too. And then, so I encouraged all the kids. I was like, hey, when you get home, maybe you have time to get on Google Classroom, show your parents your progress pictures so they can see what you've been doing. Um, Which is funny. I have to say it's funny because we're yes, used to doing, we're used to doing gallery walks. We've done gallery walks all the time. And then all of a sudden it was like, it, it dawned on us like, oh yeah, like we needed to be doing more gallery walks because people can't enter the building and they're not able to see our showcases you know, cause we're so involved with what's going on in school. So um, I'm glad that that came about and you were like, oh my gosh, yeah, parents, they want to see this gallery walk. And we need to keep that in mind. You know, we, we think of doing a gallery walk at the end of like some kind of culminating event, but we really should be doing it more often now for parents so they can be involved in what's going on in the classroom. So, well, And I love that idea. Like even if it's that digital aspect of it and sending those videos, just informing parents, just because it opens up that communication. And of course, like you said, a lot of parents are missing out, you know, choir concerts, you know, school events, theater plays, you know, every, I guess, you know, season celebration, Thanksgiving and all that stuff that they would probably do things. They're missing out on all those things. But here, I think that that's something that is great where the parents still feel part of that community. They're still seeing their the projects that their kiddos are working on. And it's just connects everybody. And it really just makes you feel part of that team, you know, that learning community. And I think that's a something that's great. So I'm all for those digital uh, gallery walks and the way that you set that up, Carrie, in the library, having 
And I think that what I love too that you said is just your your makerspace is not where your projects go to die, but now you're making it available where they come to life in the library. And like you said, anybody from the custodian to your administrators, now to parents, as soon as you send all that out to them via Google Classroom, they get to see that. And it just really can liven up and make a difference uh, within the parent community, seeing that aspect and getting them involved. So that's really great. I really love that idea. So are you guys listening, you know, take notes because these are some great ideas that Carrie and Leanne are sharing that they've, uh, you know, put in place or they've gone through themselves. So that's awesome. And I'll be happy. I'll post my entire zoo project that we just wrapped up um, on my Twitter and Facebook. And then y'all can like snag it and twist it and turn it however you want and, and use it. Um, and then Another thing that I want to talk about is, like I said, we just wrapped up our zoo um, and then last week we started taking it home. And so what what was really fun is like, OK, guys, you can like plop your animals off your habitat. You can trash it. You can take it home or we can cut it in half and your partner can take your half and so forth. And it was so cool because they're like, well, I didn't do my best on this animal, but I'm going to take it home. I'm going to remake it and then I'm going to give it a new habitat. I said, okay, go for it. And then I had this one uh, first grader and she is like trying to get all these supplies. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? She's like, Miss Orts, this bird is not my best work. And I really need to take some feathers home, some model magic and like other things because I know I can do better. And I'm going to post a picture and see solve for you when I make it at home. And like that just, that I was like, all right, I don't care what you take, take everything. You know? That's okay. Dream, right? Yeah. Educator's dream. And I was like, you're my favorite kid. And she had a flamingo shirt on. So everything was fine. <laughs> there you go. All is right with the world as long as there is a flamingo around. So that's awesome. So, but but that, I mean, that just naturally happened was that like, okay, now we're, if you want to take it home, cool. If you if you don't want to take it home, um, if you want to keep building upon it. And I, and I brought that up too. I said, you know, you're an in-person learner. And your brother did this in fifth grade and here you are in second grade. Like y'all can go home and combine your habitats and like build an even better zoo or like make a ticket booth or this or that. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to totally do that now. So I think it just opens up a door that was kind of missing with all of this COVID stuff. And I think it makes the kids, I know it makes the kids happy. So, um, it and, it, and it's, it's a, it's a break from that one dimensional learning too that, that they're getting a lot of right now with just, just, you know, typing, you know, the boredom. So um, that's all I have to say on that. It was <laughs> made, you know? That is great. That is awesome. And like you said, I mean, it, it, just when you see that students, students' enthusiasm, you know, with that and coming along and, you know, just taking projects and even wanting to just on their own take it to another level. And now you're building that co uh, collaboration. And one thing that you mentioned there is also too as well is, uh, you're building up that family unit too as well. I mean, you've got a second grader, you've got the fourth grader or fifth grader, and now it's like, hey, well, we're kind of working on the same project. What do you think that we can do to make things better? And I think that that's something that is needed too as well, you know, during this time. I mean, oftentimes brother and sister or brother and brother, however the house, they're usually fighting. It's like, you know, you've got the young sibling, you've got the older sibling. and But now it's like, hey, you know what? We're actually collaborating on something and they're enthusiastic about it because it's hands-on, they're creating, and like you said, it just kind of breaks that routine of that monotony where it's just, 
you know, let me just consume and now they get to create. So that's awesome. And, I, and it was funny because like I made a big deal to the to the remote learners. I was like, do not go buy a bunch of stuff. I don't want you to like stress about this. Like just keep it super simple. And like one mom messaged me and she was just like, Carrie, I don't want you to think I went to Walmart and bought a bunch of stuff, but like we're really crafty here and I have all of this stuff. And she like sent me a picture of all of this stuff that she had. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, so it's just so funny to see that like, the parents wanted they they wanted that like they had everything there well you're bringing sel into the home which is what we need i mean it it's just it's a a beautiful thing and it's a win-win for both sides it's a win-win it's in the classroom and then at home which you know another thing we love to to talk about and see Oh, that's great. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but I mean, I think what you've shared with us today is something that is amazing because again, as you said, while we're going through this, we are all still learning. We're going through certain obstacles and seeing certain things, but now we've got educators and administrators such as yourself, Carrie, such as yourself, Leanne, that have found a way to just kind of think outside the box see how we can make this happen. And again, going back to that project, Carrie, I think what I liked is the simplicity of it in the sense of the whole school is going to be working on the same project. So as a makerspace, uh, you know, teacher or having a project space, you don't have to think like I've got to do projects for a different project for every single class. Work on one collective project That'll make things a lot easier on you because it's going to be probably the same slides you're rolling out, the same assignments, and then the students all work together collectively. And I think that's one of the biggest tips and the biggest takeaways for me uh, today is just how simple you made that. But of course, I know it didn't just come just on a whim, but you know, you kind of thought about it, but now you're sharing that knowledge here. And then of course, you've got the support from Leanne here as an administrator as well. And being able to see how this is kind of taking a life on its own, being very organic, and like you said, hitting multiple components. You've got multimodal learning through these projects. Kids are excited. Attendance is up because it's like, hey, it's Makerspace Friday. I definitely don't want to miss Ms. Ortz's class. And so they're enthused. They're creating. They're building that community within the classroom and within their homes when you have them collaborate through you know, brother and sister, big brother, little sister, or vice versa, however that may be. You've hit the parent involvement, which is something that's great through the digital gallery walks. And the last piece right here, that's something that's very important that I, I know we didn't get to hit on too much, but that Laura mentioned was, or excuse me, Leanne, I apologize. Leanne mentioned was the SEL. I mean, that is something that is awesome. And I agree with you. It's a win-win for both kids and parents and that, that and teachers as well, you know, building up that community, building up that relationship. It's at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and that's amazing. And so, I mean, this is kudos to what you guys are doing there at Marble Falls ISD. Um, Carrie, um, Leanne, thank you so much for sharing just some wonderful insight and you know, anything else that you'd like to add before we, we wrap up our show, Carrie, Leanne, anything that you'd like, uh, maybe you thought of something, maybe just kind of throwing it out there, a little knowledge nugget for our audience. I think sometimes it's scary to start as a makerspace. Um, 
you don't have to have a lot of fancy things like, you know, I, 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 I was awarded a grant. So I was able to purchase some 3D printers because I originally thought that was the direction we were going to go. Um, but like most of the time we're just using cardboard and like pipe cleaners and just simple stuff that you can get at Walmart or HEB. So if you're like trying to just kind of dip your toes into makerspace, that's all you really need. Um, you would be surprised what my in-home kiddos have used for their projects. Like they got really inventive and I was so proud of them. And, um, you know, some moms are like, well, now I don't have any trash to recycle because of you. And I was like, okay, you know, um, but like, just take it a little bit at a time. It is scary with everything going on, but I think if you prep it enough, and you just kind of reinforce with the kiddos, it's going to be so, so worth it. And like, you're going to see your kids' attitudes change. They're going to be more excited about school. And then all those other amazing things that you mentioned earlier are just going to kind of naturally happen. Um, and like when I share my zoo project, you're going to see that like it's hitting math. It's hitting yes. language arts. It's not just like, oh, we built an animal. It, I mean, I really try to hit as many different subject areas as possible and give the kids a lot of different opportunities to show their strengths. It may be they're making videos. Maybe they're doing like a digital poster. Maybe they're actually drawing on paper. So I'm giving every kiddo an opportunity to really shine and show their strengths. So I'm not just saying, oh, right, everybody has to make a video. Like there's different aspects to it. Um, and I'm obviously relating to real life too, because like yes. we talk about, we, we actually made a souvenir shop. And so we talked about like, what would prices be? What would someone want to buy if they went to your zoo? And like we had this display of the most amazing souvenirs and like I didn't even think of them. And then, of course, our kids made animal print mask out of this fabric I had in the makerspace. And it didn't even dawn on me that like we need that. But then and I was like, and then I was like, to the reality Hello? right now, like we yeah. this is like real life into their project. So start small. I'll give you all my stuff for the latest project that I did. And then, you know, bug me if you have any questions. Like, I love helping teachers with this. Um, my Twitter handle is, is TechieCarry. My email is Carrie at TechieCarry.com. Pretty easy. Um, and I can help you with whatever you want. I love Makerspace. It's been my passion ever since yeah. I started teaching. Um, when I was an instructional technologist, it was my really big push. And like, I feel so lucky that like, I just kind of like got dumped into this position because my friend went on maternity leave. Um, so I'm like, I was so excited. She's like, I run the makerspace. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to run the makerspace. So it is a really neat, neat room to run and be a part of. And I think if you start small, you can be really successful. And I just want to say like for administrators that might, you know, because of the time that we're in, it is doable and it hits the teaks and the learning that happens is it far outweighs what's going on just in, you know, the silos that happen in the classroom, the multifacets that happen in the maker's space and the learning, the outcome that comes from that, the problem solving that comes from that. Um, it, it, it truly is a blessing for kids and, and we need that right now. We, we do. Oh, I agree with you. Wow. Again, like I'm just left in awe. And again, ladies, anytime you'd ever like to come back to the show and just continually share some of that knowledge, maybe some new projects that you'll be hitting up, maybe in this coming new year, you're all you'll always have an open invitation here. As you know, my my job here pretty much is just connecting educators with other educators that are doing some amazing things, such as what you guys are doing. And so 
again, like I said, there's always going to be an open invite. Thank you so much for joining us today. And to our audience members, thank you so much. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Frederick. Thank you, Shannon, and all the other uh, audience members that are listening to us right now live. And of course, those of you that will be listening to the playback, or you can watch this uh, episode again just by visiting our website. And of course, if you don't know where our website is or what our website is, you can go ahead and check us out at www.myedtech.life. And here you can find all of our most recent episodes. You can go ahead and watch or listen to all of our episodes. And here we had Saturday's episode with Chelsea Robertson. And of course, when you click here, You've got the the live stream and also, of course, the podcast, which you will see uh, Carrie's and Leanne's uh, Makerspace podcast coming up shortly right after we finish up. But check out all our awesome goodies. We have our store here as well. You can go ahead and subscribe to our page to get the latest uh, and greatest episode, which will be this one right now. And, of course, with, for all our blogs as well. And, of course, you've got all our... Um, Actually, I should say here, our uh, listener support page. So if you'd like to support our show, you know, any little bit helps, guys. Just buy us a cup of coffee. We'll keep the shows coming, and we're definitely excited to continue to bring you some amazing educators such as Carrie, uh, administrators such as Leanne, because it's all about making those connections. And, of course, uh, once you're a guest on My EdTech Life, you become part of my PLF so, ladies, you guys are part of my personal learning family. So, thank you guys for spending this short little time here with us, just enlightening us with the wonderful things that you're doing. All right. So, take it easy, guys. Appreciate you guys being here. And until next time, my friends, don't forget, stay techie. <laughs> Call up.